Chapter One of the Feast of Saint Friend. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ruth Golding. The Feast of Saint Friend, a Christmas book by Arnold Bennett. Chapter One: The Fact. Something has happened to Christmas, or to our hearts, or to both. In order to be convinced of this, it is only necessary to compare the present with the past. In the old days of not so long ago, the festival began to excite us in November. For weeks the house rustled with charming and thrilling secrets, and with the furtive noises of paper parcels being wrapped and unwrapped. The house was a whispering gallery. The tension of expectancy increased to such a point that there was a positive danger of the cord snapping before it ought to snap. On the eve we went to bed with no hope of settled sleep. We knew that we should be wakened and kept awake by the weights singing in the cold, and we were glad to be kept awake so. On the supreme day we came downstairs hiding delicious yawns, and cordially pretending that we had never been more fit. The day was different from other days. It had a unique romantic quality, tonic, curative of all ills. On that day even the toothache vanished, retiring far into the wilderness with the spiteful word, the venomous thought and the unlovely gesture. We sang with gusto, Christians awake, salute the happy morn. We did salute the happy morn. And when all the parcels were definitely unpacked, and the secrets of all hearts disclosed, we spent the rest of the happy morn in waiting, candidly greedy, for the first of the great meals. And then we ate, and we drank, and we ate again, with no thought of nutrition, nor of reasonableness, nor of the morrow, nor of dyspepsia. We ate and drank without fear and without shame, in the sheer abandoned ecstasy of celebration. And by means of motley paper headgear fit only for a carnival, we disguised ourselves in the most absurd fashions, and yet did not make ourselves seriously ridiculous. For ridicule is in the vision, not in what is seen. And we danced and sang and larked until we could no more. And finally we chanted a song of ceremony and separated, ending the day as we had commenced it with salvos of good wishes. And the next morning we were indisposed and enfeebled. And we did not care. We suffered gladly. We had our pains worth and more. This was the past. Even today the spirit and rites of ancient Christmas are kept up, more or less in their full rigour and splendour, by a race of beings that is scattered over the whole earth. This race, mysterious, masterful, conservative, imaginative, passionately sincere, arriving from we know not where, dissolving before our eyes we know not how, has its way in spite of us. I mean the children. 
by virtue of the children's faith the reindeer are still tramping the sky and christmas day is still something above and beyond a day of the week it is a day out of the week we have to sit and pretend and with disillusion in our souls we do pretend at christmas it is not the children who make believe it is ourselves who does not remember the first inkling of a suspicion that christmas day was after all a day rather like any other day in the house of my memories it was the immemorial duty of my brother on christmas morning before anything else whatever happened to sit down to the organ and perform christians awake with all possible stops drawn he had to do it tradition and the will that emanated from the best bedroom combined to force him to do it one christmas morning as he was preparing the stops he glanced aside at me with a supercilious curl of the lips and the curl of my lips silently answered it was as if he had said i condescend to this and as if i had said so do i such a moment comes to most of us of this generation and thenceforward the change in us is extraordinarily rapid the next thing we know is that the institution of weights is a rather annoying survival which at once deprives us of sleep and takes money out of our pockets and then christmas is gluttony and indigestion and expensiveness and quarter day and christmas cards are attacked and a nuisance and present giving is a heavier tax and a nuisance and we feel self-conscious and foolish as we sing old lang syne and what a blessing it will be when the festivities as they are misleadingly called are over and we can settle down into common sense again i do not mean that our hearts are black with despair on christmas day i do not mean that we do not enjoy ourselves on christmas day there is no doubt that with the inspiriting help of the mysterious race and by the force of tradition and by our own gift of pretending we do still very much enjoy ourselves on christmas day what i mean to insinuate and to assert is that beneath this enjoyment is the disconcerting and distressing conviction of unreality of non-significance of exaggerated and even false sentiment what i mean is that we have to brace and force ourselves up to the enjoyment of christmas we have to induce deliberately the christmas feeling we have to remind ourselves that it will never do to let the heartiness of christmas be impaired the peculiarity of our attitude towards christmas which at worst is a vacation may be clearly seen by contrasting it with our attitude towards another vacation the summer holiday we do not have to brace and force ourselves up to the enjoyment of the summer holiday we experience no difficulty in inducing the holiday feeling there is no fear of the institution of the summer holiday losing its heartiness nor do we need the example of children to aid us in savouring the august festivities if any person here breaks in with the statement that i am deceived and the truth is not in me 
and that Christmas stands just where it did in the esteem of all right-minded people, and that he who casts a doubt on the heartiness of Christmas is not right-minded, let that person read no more. This book is not written for him. And if any other person, kindlier, condescendingly protests that there is nothing wrong with Christmas except my advancing age, let that person read no more. This book is not written for him either. It is written for persons who can look facts cheerfully in the face. That Christmas has lost some of its magic is a fact that the common sense of the Western Hemisphere will not dispute. To blink the fact is infantile. To confront it, to try to understand it, to reckon with it, and to obviate any evil that may attach to it, this course alone is meet for an honest man. End of chapter 1